On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks are heading into the NBA playoffs. Not sure what seed, not sure what opponent, but we've got some big burning questions for the Dallas Mavericks, for their opponents, for the coaches, for the front office, all kinds of things we have to know by the end of the playoff run. We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. I don't believe you shouldn't be here. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where we hit 12,000 subs. Thank you. Thank you to everyone what? for help. You didn't tell me? Helping we hit 12,000 12, subs. We hit 12,000. You didn't text me. You didn't tell me. We just <laughs> talked for like two hours before we hit on this recording this freaking podcast. And you didn't tell me any of it. We hit 12K. <laughs> I was sitting on that one. <laughs> we literally did talk for like an hour before this. And yeah, I did not so tell guys, you. We hit 12,000 subs. <laughs> going for 13 before the playoffs Going for 13 starts. at the end of the playoffs. Let's do it. 13,000. We did the first one. We did 1,000 in a month, so we can do another 1,000. But seriously, though, shout out to everybody who have, who has listened, who has jumped on board. We we do this every now and then that we started doing this pod. You know, we're in our sixth year. May sixth 2017 year. was our first episode. Took this, over for, for Mike the Machine and for Jake Kemp. Good guys. It's insane just like how how much you guys have stayed with us, how many of you guys have jumped on, not just from the beginning, but when they got Luca, the Dennis years, then they got Luca, and you know, these past few years, how many new ones just over the past few months. Yeah. Thanks for sharing it, posting on your social media yes. and all this. So many of you listen in the mornings on your routines on the way to work, or some of you laying in bed in the morning, watch it on the TV with your wife. Okay. <laughs> some, of, some of you are um, showering, listen to us right now. <laughs> some of you are taking a shower. Some of you work out while you listen. We should do a whole thing of like, hey, post a picture where yeah, you where listen. Are you? Where are you where, when you listen to Lockdown Mavs every day? But seriously, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. And by the way, joining me, as always, my co-host contributor, <laughs> writermaps.com. The one more. <laughs> Let me eat the, my peaches. The peach prince, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? <laughs> well, right now, I think it's I think it's halftime of uh, Lakers Suns. Oof. And I'm just. If, if it's in the middle of the third <laughs> quarter and the Suns are up by 20 all of a sudden. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, Oh my gosh. Hook this up to my veins. I just love every bit of the fact that the Lakers could be out of this thing completely. It's just the the Black Panther Michael B. Jordan meme of is this your king? So I just you know, just want to throw that out there a little Here, bit. Just, just give just give him one for old for old time's sake. Satnam shame. <laughs> Shame those Lakers. Oh, I just love it so much. I love it. <laughs> All right, let's get into our big questions today. So Isaac and I are going to go back and forth. We each brought five questions that we need to know the answers to after the playoffs. My first one, I think it's a pretty big one. And we've been talking, we've been hinting around it, talking about it. But what are really, these all big ones? I really <laughs> I really want to really dive into it. Wait, did you say you have a big one? <laughs> Jalen Brunson. I need to know two things. Is the defense real? 
And has he risen above the playoff problems? We need to know that by the end of the playoffs. That has to be a big thing because he has a contract coming and we we don't have a big sample size of him in the playoffs and or in these big games. So 2020 in the bubble, he had the shoulder injury. He didn't go to the bubble, so you didn't see him in those playoffs. He obviously they did not they obviously didn't make it in 2019. Last year, he played in all seven games against the Clippers. Games one through four, he averaged 19.6 minutes, so 20 minutes a game in those first four games. His plus minus was minus nine, minus seven, minus 19, and minus nine in those four games. Mm. Not good. So then in games five, six, and seven, Carlisle played him less, basically half. Played him just about 12 minutes a game, 11.8 minutes a game. He was a minus 10, plus nine, and then minus 11. So that is... That, that is not great for him, a guy that was coming off the bench and uh, basically got played off the floor. And so now our big question is, you know, can he stay? Can he stay on the floor? This year, you know, we haven't seen him get played off the floor, either defensively or because of the you know, you have offensive problems. Has that step up that Jalen Brunson has taken, is that enough so that he can be a, honestly, a secondary, like, scorer next to Luka? Because that's what they're probably going to need in the playoffs. Yeah, there were six players last year in the playoffs that averaged more minutes uh, per game for the Mavericks uh, than 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 Luka, than than Jalen Brunson, and it's like you can't even imagine that now. He it can, that can't happen now. He averaged eight points, you know, per game for the entire series. And like you said, I mean, there were moments that he just he couldn't stay on on the floor. Even you know on offense, you know, he struggled against the sides. They put Nick Batum on Batum on him at times, and so. That I mean, that's one of the shocking breaking news here. That's one of my you know five questions hey. uh, bringing tonight. Also, is just what in the contract stuff is looming over the off season too of what happens in the playoffs. If the same thing happens again in this playoffs against a different opponent, to where you're not playing the Clippers, how does that impact what happens this summer? Like you still have to pay him yep. because you can't just let him walk for nothing. Nope. But does it make you entertain sign and trade, all of that? Or what's the other direction? What if you go into these playoffs against Utah or Denver or whoever and he kills it? You're like, all right, now let's we're gonna pay. He can he can be the so my my question was, could he is he gonna prove to be the second guy next to Lucas, like the second score, the second playmaker? And I'm just I'm fascinated by that. The, we've talked it to death, and there's really nothing. I, I I will tell you before they start the playoffs. I want all of our listeners to do something. I want you to go to YouTube. I want you to pull up our media day interview, but between us two and Jalen Brunson in person. Wow, you type so fast. I'm so impressed. And just watch that interview. It's like five or six minutes. It's us sitting there talking to him. And I think you asked a question about the playoffs. Yep. And you could see the look in Brunson's face. You could hear him talk about how that stuck with him mm. of that playoff series. And him underperforming. He knows that. It, it, they're, they're not trying to shy away from He's not trying to shy away from that. And I just think I, I'm going to go back and watch that before the playoffs start. Because I want to see what he's been thinking about all year long. I went back and looked at some of his numbers. I've been kind of tracking this throughout the year. This year, Jalen Brunson as a starter. So most of the year, there's like a, a sample size from the beginning of the season, like 10, 15 games or so, where he wasn't a starter and wasn't putting up the same numbers. 17.6 points a game, so about 18 points, five assists per game, shooting 50% from the field, just about 40% from three, and 86% from the line. And his plus minus is a plus 4.2 on average as a starter. So 18 points, five assists, shooting 50, 40, 86 as a starter, great numbers, like really, really good numbers for Brunson. That's all the stuff we've been saying about him taking the next step. Then 
if you take that and just put it against playoff teams, so anybody in any team in the playoffs, you know, one through ten in, in either conference, he's averaging 14.8 points, four and a half assists, shooting 46, 35, 81. And his plus minus is just plus one on average. So 15 points, four and a half assists, shooting 46. So he's, he's shooting, his shooting is a little down. His scoring is down then. And, uh, and his impact's a little bit down. Against Western Conference playoff teams, 14 points a game, five assists, shooting 43% from the field, 30% from three, 81% from, from the line. So shooting is way down against these Western Conference playoff teams. And so that's one of the things we've been tracking all year. People have noticed, like, hey, Brunson doesn't play well against some of these playoff teams. The numbers, you know, at least the counting stats do prove that. Uh, now, there have been games where he didn't score as much and still had a good impact, but his, his impact is mostly determined by the scoring. And so I think that's something we definitely have to watch. Yeah, and how does that correlate with Dinwiddie? Like, right. how are we going to see? And what's his? What's the leash for Brunson in the playoffs? That what if it's like a game and a half? Brunson's struggling scoring, and kid just kind of pulls the plug on a little bit and says, "All right, Dinwiddie's going to be the second guy." We're because, seeing the leash with Dinwiddie right now. By the way, right? Like that Milwaukee game, Dinwiddie did not have a long leash there. I wonder, like, I wonder if he he flips that in the playoffs or what happens between those two guys. Yeah, and yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out of uh, how long because at that point everything is thrown out. Whatever the contract situation, how much money you make, you're putting the best players on the floor and it could get awkward at times, but I'll just I want Brunson to have a really good playoff so bad. Not just for the team and just moving forward and what this offseason could hold, but also just cuz he's such a good dude and I just love him. Luca loves him and now Nick is getting out of his seat and is coming. Don't back. mind me. Don't mind me. Did you just get a cup of peaches? What? No, I have peaches on my shelf in my office in here. You have a Magic Johnson jersey, so I don't, peaches I don't, would be better than I don't that. Just have peaches laying around. Uh, coming up, let's get into the rest of our questions. I got a big question about Jason Kidd that I don't think we have talked about a lot yet, and then Ooh. I have a big question about Nico Harrison too. We'll talk about that coming up. But before we Nico. do, Isaac Harris. Yes, sir. Well, is your future so bright you need sunglasses? My future is so bright I need Shady Rays sunglasses. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction. You got a free pair? For a fraction of the price. (laughs) Oh, heck no. There you go. You that got two free po- pairs. Polarized lenses. And I well, got nothing. <laughs> Well-constructed, durable frame. Premium oh high-end finishes. Also, something that you won't find anywhere else. Shady Rays has an insane protection program. The biggest thing about sunglasses, whether you're wearing mm. one pair or like me, I'm wearing two pairs of Shady Rays right now. I'm so pissed. Is that you lose them all the time. You lose sunglasses. They get broken, all that. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try. If you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, this is pretty cool. 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized lenses. 50% off? Wow. I got to take off one pair of sunglasses to read this better. 50% 50% off two or more I pairs hate. of polarized sunglasses. That's I code LOCKEDON for their best deal. Check it out. Tons of reviews. Shady Rays. Can I get those black ones from you? <laughs> All right, Isaac Harris. Yeah, I'll give you these black ones. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! 
All right, Isaac Harris, my future is now less bright. I took my, <laughs> I took my sunglasses off. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Now podcast. Nightly recaps that matter a lot right now from every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. That's Locked On Now. All right. One of my questions about Jason Kidd. Ooh, I'm ready. Jason Kidd and coaching staff. Will the adjustments work in the playoffs? We had a ton of questions about Jason Kidd going into the season. A ton. Like, so many questions. I had many doubts. My doubts were well documented. A lot of those doubts have honestly been squelched or answered, or I've, you know, Jason Kidd has answered them. And one of those things we don't know yet is how he's going to be in the playoffs. Do all these things that he's he's been doing, that what the what the defense has been doing, you know, what they, you know, the things that they've changed when they start trapping players, when they, you know, change to a zone defense, when they change who's out there, in, you know, lineups and things like that. For the most part, we've we've seen Kid make good adjustments. We've seen his coaching staff make good adjustments. But Jason Kidd is in his career has only won one playoff series as a coach. In 2014, the number six Nets beat the number three Raptors. That was the Joe Johnson, Darren Williams, KG, Paul Pierce Nets versus the Lowry, DeRozan, Jonas Valanciunas Raptors. Mm. So that was a while ago. So that's an, that's an upset victory, even though that Nets team was supposed to be way better than the, than the sixth seed, but won that one playoff series. And then... He was only in the playoffs two other times in his career. 2015, the Bucks were the number six seed and they got beat by the number three Bulls in six games. And then 2017, those Bucks got beat by the Raptors, the, the Lowry DeRozan Raptors, in six games as well. And so yeah. this is a big test for Jason Kidd and staff. I tried to find a Jason Kidd question in this, and I couldn't I couldn't land on one. Mainly because of a little bit of the coaching stuff that you just said of, I think my biggest question for kid is next year, because mm. you look at the first years that he's been at places, you look yeah. at the Brooklyn year, which was the first and only the one year, year yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they go to the second round, they, they win that playoff series, like you said, they go to the second round, good season, and then, you know, crap hits the fan and all the stories and stuff. He's gone from Brooklyn. He goes to Milwaukee. They have this incredible defense. Everybody's talking about this defense is blitzing all the stuff. And they go to the playoffs. And then the next season, they miss the playoffs and they win 33 games. Yep. And so it's like year two. So, you know, my, you know, they went to the playoffs the year after that in year three. But that's, that's my biggest question is kind of like, what is year two look like? Because we've seen year one look good for Jason Kidd in the, in the two head coaching spots. I think there's, there's obviously a question of like, how will this translate from the regular season to the playoffs? How how good can this year one be? But for me with Jason Kidd, I think my biggest question mark right now is going into next season. We're still in the honeymoon stage, I, I guess, of the relationship between him True. and Luca yeah. and the players and how his ways, you know, when you're with Rick for so long, a new guy comes in and like, oh, this is cool. Well, how cool is it going to be in year two? Hopefully it is, but I'm just curious about that. I do think that some of the questions we had were about his approach, right? The the stuff in the <laughs> the stuff in the Giannis book that no Giannis did not write, but the stuff in the Giannis book was about how Jason Kidd's approach was more of like an old school, you know. Why did I want to say get off my lawn? But no, it's like a it's like a go run and you know on Christmas and all that kind go of run. you know stuff. Um, go run. And he's really changed his approach, right? His approach is so different. When he got those two technicals the other night, it was just like so weird to see Jason Kidd angry or upset or fired up about anything. He's just been so even keeled. He's wanted to stay 
This is a positive world. Like super positive. That's what he wants to do. He wants you to stick around and uh, and be the player, you know, the player friendly coach and all that, and just put put guys in the right situations. And one of his one of his comments that I think resonated well with this team is, "Hey, I'm just here to win games and get these guys paid." Right? He like literally is for the players right now, and I think that's yeah. something that's different from his first couple of stops. And that's that's why we haven't had as many questions about you know Jason Kidd as a coach this year. Is that it's just gone better right and so i think yeah. it, i think this approach is more sustainable than the you know he's not tibbs right like he was tibbs before it seemed like he was tom thibodeau and his you know with that that bucks team where you come in you're like all right it's gonna be my way or the highway we're gonna play this defense and then that defense doesn't work next year i think yeah. this, this type of defense is sustainable this type of um coaching is sustainable as well so that's why i went more with playoff adjustment um because i i think that it is gonna be a you know Hopefully, <laughs> as good as it is this year so far with with Kid. Yeah. Give me a question. Give me one of your questions. Oh, thank you. Will never mind. Let me go with. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I mean, will small ball slash Dwight Powell the center spot work? Mm. It's just I, I think if I had to land on yes, I'm curious about Brunson and we have some others, but. I think this is just the biggest one for me because it ties into yesterday's podcast, which if you didn't listen, go listen yesterday. We talked all about the Rudy Gobert rumor, Tim McMahon's story on the Low Post podcast and just the Mavs interest connection to Rudy. We did pros, cons, everything with Rudy Gobert. Y'all loved it. In Gobert is real. So if, yes. you, if you're like denying it and saying, oh, this is not real. Those are fake rumors. They're not. Go go listen to that podcast. Yeah. And you loved it in the comments on YouTube. Love seeing <laughs> people just go back and forth on it. But it's a comment. I, you know, spoiler alert at the end of that podcast yesterday, I said, I'm like, I just have to see how far this team goes first before I kind of make a decision on it. And I'm just, I'm so, I'm so intrigued by it. Like how far can this Dwight Powell, the center spot, Luca running the show, we know they have great chemistry. How, how far can that go? And depending on how far they go, does that change anything or impact the direction they want to go in the off season? If they make a conference finals run, if they go to the, if they go to the finals, does that do they say, oh, this style works and we don't have to invest in the center spot. We can just do shooters around Luca and spend elsewhere and all that stuff. So I, I think that's my biggest question is how far can this current construction take them? And this this question doesn't only just involve Dwight Powell. It's can we do the small ball, right? They've, we've seen looks with Dorian at the five or even Bertans at the five. Yeah. We've seen a lot of those looks this year. And what if they just decide, hey, we've we've tried this. We haven't like really rolled it out because it's hard on a lot of guys and it takes a toll and this defense already takes a toll on guys. But what if they go out there and they're like, hey, let's just, you know, against the Nuggets, let's just throw out this really small lineup and they'll just have to have Jokic just try and destroy us inside. But those three-point shooters don't get going. And that's fine with us because we're going to hit threes on the other side and be able to score with them. And so what if they just, you know, they do that too. It's not all about Dwight Powell. It's about the small ball where you don't have to just depend on a center because you're paying him 30, 40 million dollars and have yeah. to have to play him, right? So, yeah, that question that co- question covers a couple of things and I'm really interested to see how it works. And that's and that's the test right there. Like what if they go out in round 1, they play Denver and they run this small ball a ton and they just bring the double on Jokic on the block and they're like daring Jokic to go against Dorian or whoever it is in the post and they're yeah. bringing a double each time. And let's say they beat Denver in five and they're just scrappy. They're rotating everything. I think you're walking out saying, okay, well, if, if Jokic can't you know, beat us 
with that, then this could be a sustainable you know system for us. Anyway. Jokic this year, 24 points a game against the Mavs, 16 boards, six assists on average in the three games. And the Mavs went two and one in those games. So it's not like he destroyed the Mavs really, right? Like he had good games. He had that one good game, you know, the, the first game in October, but that was before everything changed for the Mavs. So uh, since that first blowout game, he's not been incredibly great against, against the Mavs. So that's something to definitely watch. Mm. Not saying he won't be, of course. Score 40 in the first game or something like that, but it's definitely something to watch. Uh, and yeah, that, that's a, a big question, but coming up, I'm going to ask my question about Nico Harrison because it's, it's the question that you just asked, but I'm, t- I'm going to take it a step further with Brunson and Dinwiddie. What do the Mavs need to see from those two guys in order for it to influence the Mavs' plans in the offseason? We'll talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about our favorite protein bar. Mm. Some of you hear the word protein bar and you're like, I'm out. I don't work out. Hey, same. And you're like, I don't care about that. I didn't either. But now I tried a built Bar. And honestly... The brownie batter puff, I think it's better than the coconut brownie chunk. That's blasphemy. I think it's better. I, I've decided. I've decided now. I'm going right now to the website. Order you, I'll, I'll, I'll bring you some. I'll give you these sunglasses from Shady Rays, and then I'll give you a brownie batter puff, and you got to try it and tell me it's not better. 140 Deal. calories, 17 grams of protein, 7 grams of sugar, and a bar covered in 100% chocolate. And you can get 15% off with our promo code. Go get it right now. 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15, the number 15, LOCKED15. And go on built. They have these. Uh, they have these cute built puffs that are yellow chirps. They're like little peeps. I'm not gonna lie. That's what I kind of cringed at. But man, these <laughs> these puffs brownie batter um, or brownie batter puffs. They look incredible. They're they're so good. They me- honestly the first the first built bar that I've had that melts in your mouth. Mm. How many carbs good. is in this thing? Mm. That's a good question. A, lo- a low amount. 130 calories. <laughs> 12 grams of carbs. Yeah, take that dietary fiber out. So around 10 or 11. But oh, there you. Oh, anyway. sorry. Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about the dietary fiber, Isaac. Inform us about dietary fiber. <laughs> no, I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> Go check it out. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED15, to get 15% off your entire order at Built.com. All right, Isaac Harris. Let's continue our burning questions that we need answered into the playoffs. Here's mine. Nico Harrison in the front office, piggybacking off of your point that you just made. Okay. What do you need to see or what are you looking for in the playoffs? What, how do playoff results influence your plans? This is something you've talked about on this podcast and this episode and like all this week. How do the playoff results influence plans? And now I'm going to take that into what do we need to see from Brunson and Dinwiddie in order for the Mavs to just kind of settle mm-hmm. and be like, okay, we got these two guards. We don't need, we don't desperately need to upgrade at that spot. Because before this season, if you look back at who the Mavs are playing in the playoffs, it was Luca. Tim Hardaway was the one really going off, you know, on, on, uh, you know, in, in the playoffs. And then it was like nobody else. Cause Brunson was getting played off the floor and, and that was it, right? It was Richardson. Couldn't, couldn't play. Brunson couldn't play. Um, it was Luca and Tim Hardaway and then Trey Burke. Like those are the guys that were playing, like scoring and handling the ball as far as like guards and wings. Um, what do they need to see from Brunson and Dinwiddie in order for them to not just desperately say, okay, we have to put all of our chips and all of our eggs, you know, Easter, all that. We have to put it into a, a basket to try and upgrade at that guard position, the secondary ball handler. Cause I don't know if we've fully answered that yet, even with Brunson's ascendance this year. 
Yeah, I'm fascinated by it. I mean, you look at scoring last year, like you said, you know, Tim had, he was second by, I mean, Luke was at 36, basically. Shout out to the one guy who was like, why didn't you round up from 35 to 36 in the comments? Here you go. He that averaged guy, That guy was in my head as I was going through the Brunson numbers. He averaged 35.7 points, lie. so we'll round it up for you. <laughs> 36 points in the playoffs. Apparently in Europe, they round up all their numbers. So. I'm down for rounding up. It's just like, man. Really upset, bro. I only round up and round down when it benefits the point that I'm trying to make. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like you said, Tim was at 17. Shout out to KP who averaged 13 points in that series. But I'll 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 sway a little bit to the also look at the shooters. And I think that's one of the biggest things for like, hey, what let's you know, if, if they all shoot above this certain percentage, then they're going to win. They didn't really shoot that bad last year from three. Like you look across the board. Well, that's why they won games. Yeah, Tim shot 40% from three. Dorian, 43%. Jalen Brunson, 46%. Maxi, 40%. Like, these guys shot well from three. So, I KP, mean, they... KP, 30%. I skipped him. But, I mean, it's just... I'm. What does Brunson have to do for you to feel comfortable committing $20 million a year to him in the playoffs? And that's what I'm, I'm just... I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is to that. That's what we need to know from Nico Harrison. Uh, and then it goes to Dinwiddie as well. What do you need to see from Dinwiddie um, you know, from either of those guys? If both of those guys get hot, then all of a sudden, you know, you're talking about something like that. All of a sudden, the Mavs are dangerous. If you have those yeah. two guys that are getting hot, we, you saw what they could do when, you know, when the trade first happened and Dinwiddie had a really good hot stretch there. Uh, so let, me, let me just do, do my last one real quick, and then we'll throw to yours. All right. What's the best outcome for the Mavs? If one of these players gets red hot, like 50% from three, mm-hmm. what's the best outcome if so if uh if one of these guys gets hot? Dinwiddie, Brunson, Dorian, Reggie, and then maybe Maxi or Bertans. The so Mavs go the, one? the yeah, Mavs go the farthest or have the best outcome if one of those guys gets super hot. Dinwiddie. More than Brunson. Yeah. I just I think Dinwiddie's a more talented overall offensive player than Brunson. And I think like if I'm if if okay, let's say this. If Luca tweaks his ankle in a game and they're like he's out for the rest of the game and it's the fourth quarter, I'm I feel a little bit more comfortable about Dinwiddie running, like creating, doing the step back, getting to the basket, getting to the free throw line, and actually like Dinwiddie's the only guy on the roster that I think could put up thirty two in a playoff game. And I could, I mean, disagree. I don't, I don't know. And, but. and I'm more worried about Brunson's three point shooting or about Dinwiddie's three point shooting than I am about Brunson's. I think Brunson will still, if he's not getting super hot, he's still probably going to shoot 35, 38%. And that'll be fine. Yeah. Right. But Dinwiddie, spot up threes too in the corner. He's Dinwiddie, been if he's not shooting 50%, he's shooting like 20%, you know, like that's the swing yeah. for Spencer Dinwiddie. So I think I agree with you. Um, the sneaky one is Bertans. What if Bertans just shoots 50% from three and they just throw him out there and he's hitting like five threes a game. And then everybody's like, oh, it's Peja from yeah, 2011. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's just a weapon that the Mavs haven't really had, you know, a uh, guy like that. But um, yeah. Reggie is also an interesting candidate for this for this question. If Reggie Huge, gets super yeah. hot, he shoots 50% from three. Then all of a sudden, the, you know, the Mavs can go really far. Dorian last year, he only took five a game, but he shot 43% on those. I mean, that's that's like pretty good already. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. all, that's almost a 50% already. So. Um, but yeah, interesting. I thought that was an interesting question. Who gets who gets hot and how far do the maps go? All right, mm. how many more questions do you have? Or 
Just give me another one. I think you could take that question and flip it another direction too. Of like, who who would it? Who would hurt would, the most? What would hurt cold? the most if they shot like twenty six percent from three? And yeah. I would reverse it at that point. I wouldn't say Dinwiddie. I would say Dorian. Mm. If, if Dorian went like twenty five percent, I think it would it would kill him because they would have to have they have to have Dorian out there for defense, and teams would will are, they're going to dare him to shoot threes. Yep. So and that would kill him. But um, so I have I have two two. I'll save the bigger one for the last one. But real quick, this one's a smaller one. I wouldn't put this as like oh big overarching question for the playoffs. But and this that's what this pod is. So I- stop because you already you already gave all of your questions and covered everything. Can Josh Green up his value more in the playoffs? Mm. For however you want to take that. Up his value for just playing on this Mavs team, up his trade value, up his just up his value to where we're walking out of a playoff series saying, dang, you could be like a solid piece in this rotation or another yeah. rotation. And like the jazz just, rotation. <laughs> <laughs> I I just want to see that. Like I would be personally kind of, I mean. I'm not going to be bummed if they go on a big playoffs, you know, run and Josh Green has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I think but, I'll be okay. <laughs> I think I'll be okay. But I would be a little bummed if they lose in the first round, like seven games, or let's say they lose in the second round in like five or six, and we still have nothing. We have no clue about Josh Green. Like he plays like five minutes a game, and we didn't learn anything. We don't know if he should be out there. And you're like, all right, well, now he's just going to get better this offseason, which he will. But yeah. I just want to see a little bit in the playoffs of do you belong in the playoffs? My next one. That's a good one. Unless you have an, a point to add in that. Because he's still under contract. It's a cheap, cheap contract. Like if he hits, like let's say he does have a big series and his minutes goes up a little bit in the playoffs and they can't take him off the floor in the second unit and all this stuff. We're like, hmm. That that helps this team a lot. A cheap yeah, like if option. They go, if, if they go small in these lineups we're talking about, and he's the extra guy, right? And it's not. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, not one of the guards, or you know, I guess it would have to. You know, it would have to be. Yeah, like if he get, if he's out there instead of like Dinwiddie or Brunson. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, my next one, my last one. What's the reason they lose? I, I think this is mm-hmm. one of my questions. Of what's the reason they lose in the playoffs? Is it bad shooting? I'm giving you multiple choice on this one. Ooh. Bad shooting, the lack of second score, mm. or the big man. What it's, I, it's the shooting to me, like by far. Okay, I think that the shooting. The Mavs just depends so much on their shooting. Like look at all their games they played, played this year against the the Bucks. They shoot forty percent from three. They win the game, right? Like they just have yeah. to hit from three in order to win some of these games because like we've said all year those shots are open those, those the Mavs are gun, going to get those shots they have to knock them down I'm I with you it, I think it's I, pretty I think, clearly that I think well I think somebody can make the the big argument of saying okay the lack of big you're losing the rebounding battle let's say you're losing like people are scoring in the paint on you at will and the other team has a, a has an opposing big that just kills you down low and you're like that's the reason they lost the series the second guy, like, what if some of these guys are shooting threes, but they're not shooting them at a, at a high enough clip that they they really are losing? Or when or the second guy, here's my point: What if the on-off numbers for Luca are just absolutely brutal? Like when he's off, like yep. they're just losing so bad, it's just like last year. That you're walking around saying, "What we need a second guy so bad?" But I agree with you; it's the shooting because. More than other other two, because they're going to run that high pick and roll with Luca and Dwight so much that, like we've said a million times, the shots are going to be there. And if they hit them, they can they'll advance in the playoffs. 
Also, to your point of the rebounding battle, we haven't heard it, we haven't heard that as much this year. Like, oh, they just got mm-hmm. killed on the boards. We haven't heard that very much this year. Warriors, Suns, Nuggets, Mavericks, all right around like forty-five rebounds per hundred per hundred possessions this year. Like, all about the same. Now, the Grizzlies are way up. They're number one. Jazz are number three. So those ones those ones are notable for sure. But the Warriors, Nuggets, Mavs, and the Suns are all like right in that same spot. And so it's not like they all. You know. It would take them going against like Utah or Memphis in a series right. and losing the rebounding battle by like 16 to 18 every game. Yeah. And it's so noticeable. They're pulling down like a ton of offensive rebounds and we don't know what to do. Steven Adams is dunking over everybody, <laughs> over all the Mavs. <laughs> Kyle Anderson. There it is. Is yeah, any more? No, that's it. I mean, the other ones just overlap a little bit. So let us know in the comments what are your big questions going into the playoffs, guys? There's some great stuff coming up. We got a game against the Pistons tonight. If you're listening, watching this on Wednesday, I think Cade Cunningham is supposed to play in that one. I'm interested to see him play. Uh, but there's we didn't big, even give a standings update. Big standings update right here. So the, the Jazz beat the, the Grizzlies without Ja and Brooks, but the Nuggets lose. So now the Jazz are a half game ahead of the Nuggets. There's still opportunity for the Mavs to move up. Against the Warriors, they both have three games left. The Mavs are only one game back. They own the tiebreaker. So, uh, you know, if the Mavs win one more game than the Warriors over this next stretch, so the Mavs win two, the Warriors only win, or the Mavs win three, the Warriors only win two, then the Mavs can still move up to three. But it Ma- is looking, Mavs, it is looking Mavs like the Mavs went out. Oh, yeah. Mavs went out. They're a three or four seed. And it's point blank on that. It would take them, you know, losing one or two Jazz. Here's the thing with Utah's schedule, though. Utah plays OKC, Portland, and Phoenix their last three games of the season. Phoenix isn't playing for anything right now. We know. Go look at the OKC Portland box score if you want to know if they play. Yeah, go, they're playing go for play anything. Who he play for for just for that game? <laughs> so it's looking like Utah will probably win out. So if Dallas just wins out, which not saying it's going to be the easiest thing in the world. Watch the Detroit game. That Spurs game could be anything. That one's sneaky. So let's see. They went out. They're a three or four seed. They're hosting a playoff game Easter weekend next weekend. The other thing about the Spurs is this Lakers team is down by like 20 points right now with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. So the Spurs may have already like earned that 10 seed. Um, So they may not be really playing for anything either. But there you go. Standings update. Guys, that's big questions going into the playoffs. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs and getting us to 12,000 subs. Let's go. Peace out. Boom.